Judges, the 16th chapter. I want to get into this because I have um, quite a few scriptures. And don't let that scare you. We'll get done whenever the Lord's done. Is that all right? I said, is that all right? <laughs> I could tell right off I was going to have to have that. We're going to begin at the 23rd verse and read through the 30th. Then the lords of the Philistines gathered them together for as an, a great sacrifice unto Dagon their God, and to rejoice. For they said, Our God hath delivered Samson, our enemy, into our hand. And when the people saw him, they praised their God, for they said, Our God hath delivered into our hands our enemy, the destroyer of our country, which slew many of us. And it came to pass when their hearts were merry that they said, Call for Samson that he may make us sport. And they called for Samson out of the prison house, and he made them sport. And they set him between the pillars. And Samson said unto the lad that held him by the hand, Suffer me that I may fill the pillars whereupon the house standeth, that I may lean upon them. Now the house was full of men and women, and all the lords of the Philistines were there, and they were on the roof about 3,000 men and women that beheld while Samson made sport. And Samson called unto the Lord and said, O Lord God, remember me, I pray thee, and strengthen me, I pray thee, only this once, O God, that I may be at once avenged of the Philistines for my two eyes. And Samson took hold of the two pillars upon which the house stood and on which it was borne up, and the one on his right hand and the other with his left and Samson said unto me, said, let me die with the Philistines. And he bowed himself with all his might, and the house fell upon the lords and upon all the people that were therein. So the death which he slew at his death were more than they which he slew in his life. Would you bow? Father, we thank you, God, for your word. Father, we thank you that it is an anointed word. And I pray right now for every distraction to flee God, I pray that you would tune our hearts and our ears to you. God, that we may learn more of you, draw closer to you, Lord, and further away from this world and all of its attractions, we ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, a lot of times you'll watch a movie and they'll show like the last part of it first and then they go back and they lead up to what they showed first. And that's what I'm doing tonight. I wrote, read to you about the death of Samson. Now let me tell you about his birth. Manoah and his wife were barren, and an angel told them that they were going to have a son, and that this son was going to be a deliverer of Israel. So Samson was born, and we read in Judges, the 13th chapter, the 25th verse, well, and the Spirit of the Lord began to move him at times. The Spirit of the Lord was mightily upon Samson. Uh, Samson grew in the spirit of the Lord and 40 years, for 40 years, Israel had lived under the hand of the uncircumcised Philistines. They had been uh, like slaves to them. But Samson came to change all of that. And with Samson's birth, God gave him great strength once he killed a lion, I mean, with his bare hands. Once he threw, he slew 300 men, 30 men, 30 men at one time. And then he sent, I love this part, 
300 foxes through the Philistines' cornfield. He had a, a firebrand on their tail, and they ran through the cornfield and burnt up all of the Philistine stuff, and he slew 1,000 Philistines with the jawbone of an ass. And how did he do all this? Because the Spirit of God was mightily upon him. Let me tell you something. Anything that you or I do that is of great importance for the kingdom of God, it is strictly because God gave us the strength and the power to do it, and it was God that worked through us to do it. Amen. God is going to have a people that will know his power. Let me tell you something. God's always had a people. Amen. Philistines became afraid of Samson, as you could pretty well tell. Samson was born and consecrated and dedicated as a Nazarite. That involved three things. He could not eat uh, any unclean thing. I am with Samson on that. (laughs) And he could drink no strong drink. Uh, Lips that have touched uh, wine will never touch mine. Amen. And uh, he was never to cut his hair. He was committed and God raised him up to be Israel's deliverer. I mean, that was the Superman of the day. Amen. But Samson began hanging around in the wrong crowd in the Philistines camp. You don't need to hang around with the Philistines camp. My granny used to have an old saying, tell me who you run with and I'll tell you what you are. What does that mean, Sister Kay? That means if you're seen running with thieves, you will be a thief. If you are seen running with drunks and at drunken parties, everybody will deem you a drunk. Come on. Amen. If you are seen running with the, the dope heads and the druggies of the day, that's what my granny said it right. Tell me who you run with and I'll tell you what you are. And Samson began running with the wrong crowd. Now, 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18 says, Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father unto you. I love that. And ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. Give no place to the devil. You see, the devil wants to lure us onto his territory. Amen. Why do so many Christians see how close they can live to the world or how much they can get away with before becoming axed by God? Instead, we should see how close we can live to Jesus. Amen. Come on. And how well we can do the will of the Father. Now, Judges, the 16th chapter, verse 4. And it came to pass afterward that he loved a woman in the valley of Sorek, whose name was who? Delilah. If I had ever gotten married and had a daughter, I would not have named her Delilah. <laughs> and I apologize if there's one in the house. <laughs> Too late now. I didn't said it, didn't I? Samson. The Bible says fell in love with Delilah. I, I kind of more think that he fell in lust with Delilah. And there's a great difference between love and lust. Love waits and lust rushes in. Amen? Amen. 
Young ladies, whenever, where's my young people tonight when I really need them? The young ladies all over, listen to me. When a boy starts a sentence out like this, well, if you love me, run. Uh, But before you run, slap his face. Just (laughs) slap him. And all the daddy said, that's what I thought. Delilah set out to find the secret behind Samson's power, his anointing. And you've got to understand that the devil is the angel of light that comes to deceive you. He attacks the weaknesses in people. And Delilah cried to Samson, please tell me your secret. And the devil wants to know your secret. The devil wants to know your weakness. We used to stand up in testimony service and tell it to them. Hello. They've been whooping me around all week long. Well, there was some really good testimony services, weren't they? (laughs) No wonder we don't have too many of them anymore. We need to tell about the good things of the Lord. Amen. Tell about his goodness and what he's done for us. The only thing that can destroy your your relationship with God is sin. Not the devil, but sin. That's the only thing that can destroy your relationship between you and God. There are two laws that govern this planet. Natural laws and spiritual laws. Now, one natural law is gravity. Y'all know what gravity is. Now, you do not have to believe in gravity for gravity to work. Go up on top of the Empire State Building and say, Gravity, I defy you. I don't believe in you, Gravity. Watch this, Gravity, and jump off and they will pick you up with a blotter. You don't have to believe in gravity. Gravity just works. Amen. And there's another law. Eating keeps you alive. And you could just say one day, you know what? I'm just going to refuse to eat. Now, you will never hear that come out of my mouth. (laughs) That banana pudding is almost gone already, Sister Geraldine. Hint, hint, no, don't make another one, please. Make two, they'll last longer. But anyway, <laughs> we, you can defy eating if you want to. And you can go a, a long time without eating and live. I, I was on a 40-day fast years ago, and I did not eat one morsel of food for 40 days. And honestly, I tell you, I felt better then than I do now. But there comes a time when you have to eat. You will have to go back to eat or you will starve to death. And there's another law. It's not one that I really appreciate, but it is a law. If you speed, chances are you're going to get a ticket. I think somebody's just recently got one by that response. I mean, it's, it's the law. You break the law, 
you pay the price. Now, there, there's, someone said that, I don't know if it was Brother Ken when he was a policeman that pulled this guy over, but anyway, a guy ran a stop sign and the cop saw it and he pulled him over and he said, sir, what did I do wrong? He said, you ran that stop sign. He said, well, I slowed down. But he said, but you didn't stop. He said, but I slowed down. He said, but you didn't stop. He said, but I slowed down, slowed down, stop. What's the big difference? The cop took out his bully club and started hitting him on the head. said, you want me to stop or slow down? <laughs> you see, there are laws that govern our land. And a lot of times, if you break the law, you will pay the price. Now, God has laws that are different than our laws. I'm going to prove that to you. Romans 6 and 23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Another law is that you will reap what you sow. Sow to the wind, reap the whirlwind. Uh, Proverbs 14, 12. There's a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Now listen to me. God's standards for judging you and I are different than the standards of the world. For instance, the courts need a dead body to convict you of murder. The courts need a dead body. You must kill to be guilty. But God's word says, 1 John three fifteen, whosoever hateth his brother is a Whosoever hateth his brother is a murderer. God doesn't need a dead body, Brother Murphy. He said, all you got to do is just hate somebody in your heart to be deemed a murderer by God. It's really quiet, but it's all right. We're going to get there. His standard, which is the Bible says all you have to do is hate someone. Go to church week after week and inside your heart, hate is festering. You, you, do you know someone that hates you? <laughs> there might be a few people that hate you. But you know that, I mean, that's just their loss and they're going to have to work it out. Especially if they claim to be Christians. Sometimes you just feel like going over and shaking hands with the person you know that hates you and say, hello there, sister, hate me with all of my, your guts. <laughs> I don't advise you to do that, but you better get that hate out of your heart. Now, concerning adultery, the law of the land says there has to be two people involved, but not God's law. He says all you got to do is look at somebody with lust in your heart. Matthew 5, 28. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh upon a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. The world needs two people for adultery. God needs one. His laws are different. He said, all you've got to do is look at someone and lust after them and you have committed adultery already in your heart. Y'all are so bad sitting here on the front pew. 
grinning at me. I told them I made a mistake of telling them that in the last month I've had two dreams about Sam Elliott. <laughs> I just think he's fine. I'm sorry. I just, you know, you do? Okay, well, I mean, I don't set out to dream about Sam Elliott. <laughs> And I am not lusting in my heart for Sam Elliott. I hope I'm not. No. I'm. Oh, Lord, it's hot in here. <laughs> oh, Lord. <sighs> you know, that kind of... The, the scripture that says if you look at a person and lust after them, you committed adultery in your heart. That kind of does away with that old saying, look but don't touch, doesn't it? God says no. Now, the devil would have you to believe a lie. He caused Eve to believe a lie in the Garden of Eden. Oh, if you'll eat this fruit, you'll be smarter than God. She broke the law, and we've been paying the price ever since. Amen. God's word is true. See, you don't have to believe in it for it to work. Just like you don't have to believe in gravity for it to work. God's word is true. Amen. And whatever you yield yourself to, that's who you become servant to. If you yield yourself to lust or jealousy or hatred, whatever it is, it will rule you. And if you give the devil an inch, he becomes the ruler. Amen. That's why we can't, that's why that we preach so much about being careful. Don't give the devil a little bit of a foothold. I wish the the house was filled with young people tonight because that's who he works on sometimes the hardest about getting them tripped up as a young person. But I'm here to tell you, you can go throughout your life without ever doing any of those things that damage in your body. I have, I have, I'm not patting myself on the back, but I have never smoked a cigarette in my life. I have never puffed on a cigarette in my life. They just stink. I've never liked them. And my mama taught me to run from smoke, not to suck it in my body, okay? So that's all I'm going to say about that. But you don't have to buy in, young people, to that saying that everybody is doing it. No, not everybody is doing it, and you be the one that doesn't do it. Amen. Years ago in Chicago, there was a man that had a little cub a little lion cub, and he thought it was the cutest thing, and he treated it just like a pet, had it in the house. He'd put it on a leash and walk it down the street, and everybody would stop and pet it and pet it. But what the man did not realize, that the lion, the cub, was growing into a full-grown lion every day. And one day, the natural instincts of that lion kicked in and killed that man. Sin starts little. It may look like a cute little cub, but you better run. Because the whole time that you are petting it, it's growing. The devil gets our young people with some 
pusher coming and saying, here, just take this one joint, just take this one upper, just do this one shot, and just, just experience it. You can walk away from it. And they get hooked on it, and they've petted it, and now it's got a hold on them, and they can't turn it loose. They don't think that they can turn it loose. I'm telling you, there is nothing pretty about sin. Sin will drag your soul down to hell, and that's why you've got to hate the very appearance of sin. Amen. Amen. Bible tells us Psalm 1 and 2, but his delight is in the laws of the Lord and in his law doth he meditate day and night. We need to meditate more upon the Lord than we do our problems. Come on, somebody help me preach. If you will dwell and meditate more upon the word of God and upon the goodness of God and get your, your mind off yourself and all of your problems, you're going to begin to see things turn around in your life and you're going to have a lot happier life. Amen. Judges 16, Samson's weakness was the lust of the flesh. During the day, he was killing the Philistines, and at night, he was fooling around with Delilah. He was what I call walking on thin ice, and that's dangerous. He told Delilah his secret in verse 15. And she said unto him, How canst thou say I love thee when thine heart is not with me? Thou hast mocked me these three times. Thou hast not told me wherein thy strength lieth. Thy great strength lieth. And it came to pass when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed to death. I don't care how hard the devil leans on you. You don't give in to the devil, not tonight, not tomorrow, not next year. You don't give in to the ways of the devil. Amen. And I don't care how much Delilah cried. She, I'm telling you, it is pathetic. Whenever women start that whimpering, crying, I just want to slap them in the name of Jesus. All that whimpering, crying, you, you don't love me. You've lied to me three times, Samson. I can just hear her. Samson should have just looked at her and say, you know, that's right, I don't love you. And what am I doing here Anyway, you know, if Samson had a, a, a right woman in the right camp when he come home, I mean, she could sing, whose boots have your bed been under? Whose bed have your boots been under? <laughs> he was in the wrong place, amen, the wrong place. And she's crying and carrying on. You've lied to me three times. You don't love me. If you loved me, there, there goes that, if you love me, you would tell me where your strength lies. And he knew he wasn't supposed to tell that. They'd already tried three things and that didn't work. It said that his soul was vexed unto death. Man, what a statement. Because when he told her what he told her, his soul was vexed. His life was vexed to death at that very moment. 
said he was vexed to death that he told her all of his heart. Now, you better be careful who you tell all your heart to. Have you ever told all your heart to a friend and then that friend turn on you and you think, oh, God, I've told them some of my deepest, darkest secrets. And then you got to worry, are they going to tell? Be careful who you tell all of your heart to. He told her all of his heart and said, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. So she lulled him to sleep on her knees, and when he was good and asleep, she called in the barber to come and cut off his seven locks of hair. And verse 20, and she said... The Philistines be upon thee, Samson. And now listen to this. This is an important verse. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as other times before and shake myself. And he wist not or he didn't understand that the Lord was departed from him. Now ministers, let me talk to us for a minute. If we don't stay in this word and we don't stay in our, on our knees in prayer, one day we'll come to the pulpit and we will go just like other times before, like we're really going to bring the house down and we won't understand till it's over with that the anointing has left us. We have got to be all that God wants us to be in trying to be all he wants us to be in this word, in our prayer life. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Your people can tell when you preach. And you hadn't prayed? Amen. How sad. How sad a verse that is. That he didn't realize that the Spirit of God had departed from him. He had, God, God had called Samson to be a judge, a deliverer. Man, an angel proclaimed his arrival. He was a part of the Nazarite commitment. God used him mightily. And Samson gave all of that up to sleep with a woman. All of it. Judas sold out for 30 pieces of silver. You know what the devil wants to know tonight? What's your price? What is your price? So here Samson is with his eyes poked out. They've heated up hot pokers burn his eyes out, he's blind, he's weak, and he's grinding at the mill. This once mighty man of God grinding blind at the mill. The Philistines threw a big party, 3,000 people in attendance. They were celebrating the capture of Samson. So they sent for Samson. The Bible said that they might make sport of him. In other words, make fun of him there he is blind being led by a child and he says hold up son I want to pray one more time and he prayed God give me strength just one more time and God did Samson brought down the house killing everyone now in Judges the 16th chapter one of the saddest Verses in the Bible is the 31st verse, and he judged Israel 20 years. And he judged Israel 
20 years. Why is that so sad? Because God had greater plans for him. God had much greater plans for him. He wanted him to judge much longer than just 20 years. But sin destroyed the plans that God had for Samson. Amen. And he will, sin will destroy the plans that God has for you if you will allow it. But everybody here would say, I'm not going to allow it. Oh man, that was weak. Come on. I'm not going to allow it. If there is sin in your life, then you just need to pray and ask God to forgive you and to, for, and to remove that sin from you. Amen? amen. Everybody say amen. amen. You'll never be free until you allow the surgeon's knife to go in and cut it out. You don't need a band-aid. You need the surgeon. I want to close with Romans, the 6th chapter, verse 12 through 13. I know I've had a lot of scripture tonight, but I'm telling you, the word of God is more powerful than anything I've got to say. Romans 6 and 12, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that ye should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourself unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Once again, if you break God's law, you will pay the price. Break the law, pay the price. I'm here to tell you tonight that something that you already know. Time is short. Time is short. And I don't have time to patty cake or play games with you. I have come to tell you that sin is horrible. And I've come to tell you that the devil is a butcher. He is a butcher. And he has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I'm here to tell you that Jesus came for three things. And that is to give you life and more life and life more abundantly. Hallelujah. That's what Jesus has in store for us is more life. Amen. And if you ask me tonight, Sister Kay, do you want to be killed, still, and destroyed? Or do you want life and that more abundantly? I'll choose life every time. Hallelujah. Because my Jesus is the giver of life. I hate the devil. I hate what he's done to our young people. I hate what he's done to our married people. I hate the divorce rate that is going on in the world today. I can't stand the, the things that the drugs are doing and what ISIS is doing. That is what sin is meant to do. But friends, we can overcome. We can be overcomers uh, by the word of the Lord uh, and by our testimony. Hallelujah. This will keep you from evil. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? As I was studying this, message, I I wrestled with the Lord over it. I said, this message makes it sound like I'm preaching to 
a house full of sinners that better get their life right. And I just, I really wrestled with the Lord concerning it. But it was a fire down in my soul that I couldn't let go. And it may just be for one person. And you may not be a sinner or a backslider, but you may be just about to make the wrong choice. Tonight's message ought to show you that you better think twice about making the wrong choice and you need to make the right choice. Amen? I want you to bow your heads for a second. I just want to know, Lord, if there's any here tonight that do not know you as Lord and Savior and their path is dragging them down the wrong road the life they're leading is the wrong way I'm asking you Lord to bring them back home tonight help them Lord Give them the desire, give them a hunger and a thirst for righteousness sake. If you're here and you don't know Jesus, then this first altar call is for you. Would you come? Let us pray with you. Come and say, I don't want to be disobedient to the Lord anymore, but I want to serve him. Maybe you've been struggling with something the Lord's been dealing with you he's here tonight to help you to be an overcomer and I want to tell you something people the way this world is right now you're going to need all the strength you can get from the Lord on a daily basis tell you what I'd like us to do I'd like for everyone in the building to find your place talk to the Lord Ask him to give you strength for the journey. Brother Murphy and I sang the song about this world is not our home. And it's becoming less and less my home every day, Sister Judy. Less and less my home. I'm thinking more and more about the heavenly home every day. And less and less about this place. This place has nothing for me. Nothing for me. But thank God my treasures are laid up there. But I want us to come. Just start walking out of your chairs right now and just find a place, talk to the Lord, ask him to strengthen you for the journey that is ahead of you from now until the day that you die, ask God to give you the strength, amen, and don't just do it now, do it every day, Lord, give me the strength, come on.